By pressing play, you've been transported to a dimension where there will be no apologies given for the ridiculous and random comments made by your host and their guests. Thank you for listening and enjoy the experience. You already know what it is because you press play. It's another Monday. And you know what Mondays are. It's about to bring you episode 18 of Yo, yo Where the, the Captions, captions at? at? Yo, 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 Where the Captions at? Today? Really, Mario? Yeah. No, nigga, I'm that Luigi. Yep, she get wet. I scrape it off like a squeegee. I rock the green. You know what that mean? You got the lasagna, the stramboni. I come into this shit, but do this podcast with my this... homie. That nigga Ross, that's the O to the, that's the R to the O to the S. Long story short, this podcast is the best. Thank you for showing that up. I had no choice. I literally just spilled the beer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you for joining us today on the most ridiculously random pop culture podcast in the 719. Brought as, to you by two black men. Exactly. And as always, I'm yours truly, Kels for Show, a.k.a. the pro bender you'll always remember. And join with me always is my bro host. You know, just because I'm an Aquarius, that makes me a bloodbender. So, no, I'm just kidding, y'all. That's a TikTok joke. Uh, But it's the boy Roscoe. Where you could take and you could talk all you want to. <laughs> <laughs> and join us always is our bro for show. That boy, D to the Daniel. Rossi. You know they're stealing your data, right, Ross? Oh, Damn. no, I don't watch. I watch it via YouTube. Oh. Hi, guys. I'm smart. <laughs> Word. And joining us today is a special guest of ours. I ain't letting the Chinese take my info. Word. That's that's what it is, so, honestly. And um, she's one of our... Yeah, we can see her, Daniel. <laughs> and sh- this guest, she is one of our newly acquired <laughs> Good people friends. in our friendship circles. Yes, yes. We met her at a little bar called Supernova. A.K.A. our cheers. Exactly. And every time we see her, it's always a delight. It's always a highlight of the night. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but sometimes you just get it that tight. It's none other. You son of a bitch. You son know. of a bad bitch. Respect my mama. None other than our dear friend, the lovely, the amazing, astonishing. Yes. Yes. That does start with A. Audrey. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, girl. You, Ross? Oh, I'm doing great. You know, another weekend doing some D&D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was actually uh, up in Denver for the weekend. <laughs> Sometimes you got to get out the springs. You know, I went bowling with some whites, and it was fun. You get to be a part of a different culture, like niggas and boats. I was just sitting there like, Ugh! But then after I was that done with that, I was like, word. And also, low-key, I got sunburnt again. Because I was looking like a very Chris Rock Lobster. This number- <laughs> Get it? Rock Lobster from the B-52s and Chris Rock. This number- I mean, come on. You really- just going to use the butter? I ain't Sebastian, though. I'm a whole lobster, man. <laughs> I want to quit this show. I want to quit this show so bad. <laughs> it's what they signed up for, baby. It's what they signed up for, baby. But um, anyways, yes, that was my weekend. I had a good time. Sometimes, like I always say, you got to get out of Springs, whether it's Pueblo, Ill, or Denver. <laughs> Just get out Ill. of this town. Do what you do. I had to recalibrate myself, kind of align my chakra, get in tune with my previous self. Just like the subject of today's episode is going to be about Cora, and I did that. Word. How was your weekend this weekend? Because I know how Daniels was because he was my DM. <laughs> 
Uh, well, I did actually did make him mad for the weekend because I. Uh, you might have been the best. I made the, 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 the best player of them all this weekend. But I did make the house like you know. Tell that to the ladies. Fall into my mom manipulation. Oh no, he's slay. I'll say that he slayed on Deathstroke. Roscoe lied to everyone in the house about a thing that I did for them, saying he did it, and then yeah. um, just like freedom. And then they didn't believe me. Of course, <laughs> my manipulation, the art of deception. And how was your weekend, Audrey? Ah, uh, it was good. Um, I am working on actually building a table. Nice. What type of table? <laughs> it's made from scrap wood from like our our former deck that we had. Was it struck by lightning? No. Oh, no just, magical abilities? Nah. Shit. We just tore it down because they wanted a new deck. That's cool. So we... you're building a coffee table from scrap wood from your backyard. <laughs> yes. Are you prepared for every time you sip coffee from said table, you are transported into said person's story? Wait, sure. What? It's called Coffee Tales. I'm about to write it right oh, after that. You're such okay. a you can't spell loser with other. The... Oh. But I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie though. That is that was a good plot. I know, nigga. Are you afraid of the dark? You will be. I mean, that was my favorite show growing up. True. Word. Alright, guys. So if you're familiar with the show, or if you're not, we start off the first portion of it with Yo, what's poppin'? When we what go around poppin'? Europe and talk about headlines from the world of pop culture. And I'm just gonna kick this shit off with a little bit of live action news. Like a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how the Magic School Bus was getting a live action adaptation. But guess what other PBS favorite TV series is getting a live action movie? Is it, you got to listen to your heart. Listen. Nope. But oh, it's not Arthur? I want... Now that you say that, I need a live action CG. No, not even live action, just a just CGI. CGI yeah, you can't do Arthur. No. Is it, it Wishbone? Yeah. Ooh. That little terrier, that What's little doggy doggy, Wishbone. Yeah, we better find we getting out. We're getting a full two hours or nothing. Yes, minutes. and guess what story he's going to do? Which story? 50 Shades of Grey. So oh, yeah. Wishbone, oh, Doggy Stern. That whole I, film. I'm going to be honest. I've been protesting Fifty Shades of Grey, but now since Wishbone about to do it. It's going to be Fifty Shades of Greyhound. Booyah! Now, now that he's about to do this, I might be watching some uh, nah, that's a joke. That's a joke. It's not Fifty Shades of Grey, but Wishbone is getting a live action adaptation, and I can't wait for that shit. The but fact that I have to listen to this all again when I edit. Mm, just don't get too wet, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Were you? Did you grow up on Wishbone? Oh, or yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh shit! I didn't. I wouldn't say I grew up on Fifty Shades of Grey. But, Word, you read uh, it? Wishbone for sure. No, then you grew watching grew, Fifty oh. Shades of Grey. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just gotta hit four inches. Yo, <laughs> yo, it's not the dev, it's the wiggle. What if it doesn't wiggle? Personal problem. Personal. <laughs> Word, but yes, yeah, like. I'm so happy about that shit because now, like, I don't have any kids, but fuck them. But, uh, <laughs> not fuck them, but, like, fuck having them. It's whatever. <laughs> I'm definitely going to be in that theater to watch that movie just like I've been in the theater to watch Mad Dizzy or movies geared towards kids because the inner kid in me, like, let's be happy. Because life's shitty right now, especially with the Rona. So it's nice to go back to your childhood and relive some happy memories while you have the ability to. Yes, it is true. Word. <laughs> And speaking of my childhood, one of my favorite series, if you know me, if you listen to this podcast or the other podcast, is 
fucking Power Rangers. And it's been announced that we're getting two new series after the previous two Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and Go Go Power Rangers have ended. The new series are called Power Rangers and Mighty Morphin. And the biggest thing about these is that we're going to be introduced to a whole new Green Ranger. Because they take place in a separate universe from the TV series. So we all know that if you fuck with Tommy became the Green Ranger, then he became the White Ranger, then he became... Red Zio, then he became Red Turbo, then he became Black Dino Thunder. But now they're introducing a brand new Green Ranger that will fight side to side with Tommy and the other Rangers in their current Mind Morphin forms. And I'm just like, bring on the mystery. Because we don't know who this character is, and I can't wait to see the setup of that shit. Oh, this for the comic book version? Yes. Oh, Boom shit. Studios. Because they, they had me scared. Wait, and so they saying Tommy coming back from New York after he... Oh, that Power Ranger Ninja Turtle crossover yes. is his own separate continuity. Oh, it's his own separate continuity. Yeah, it's a loose, okay. one of those loose things like when people team up from different but you, shit. But it could fit. But if they wanted to, they could they fit could it. They could interpret it into it. Okay. And that'd be interesting if it does connect to this direct timeline as well. But it's one of them things because they said the series were in. I'm like, why? They're so good. Oh, Damn. because we about to reboot and take it to a whole new direction. And we're, Audrey, how, what are your thoughts about Power Rangers? I'm a guess. No racism here. When you're playing Power Rangers as a kid, you were the Yellow Ranger. I liked the Yellow Ranger, but Word. a lot of times it was either the Yellow Ranger or like the the pink one. Just was it a pink one because there was no white girl around to tell you that you couldn't be the pink one? No, I mean, well, maybe I don't know. I didn't ever. I don't think I ever played Power Rangers with the other girls. Word, and that makes <laughs> so sense. So I just too. was like that default girl. Exactly, because like one of the things I always bring up if I have a, like a loose conversation with a chick, I was like, hmm. You were the pink rangers. I'm like, yes, or you were yellow. It's very simple. Break them down to their archetypes. So it's like, yo, you were tomboyish, yada, yada, yellow ranger. You're like like the cheerleader. But it's like one of the things, and like me being black, like if I was playing with a bunch of whites, I already knew who I was going to be. I was going to be the black ranger. And it's like, no shits about it because that was my favorite ranger because he just happened to be black. But then it was interesting, like I said before, when the green ranger came about, White boys always want to be red because that was like that alpha leader type. But then when it was the green, nobody wanted to be red no more. So if you was a black kid and everybody wanted to be the green range or white range, like, shit, I'd be the red now. But then it's like, nothing ain't even popping. So now it's like, the fuck is going on? And then guess what? If you was a kid that ate boogers at lunchtime, you was Billy. Because nobody wanted to be Billy, more or less. But I did low-key because Triceratops were my favorite dinosaur and he had that Zord. So, yeah, uh, I was also... Zach by default, but I was a Billy fan because uh, Blue was low-key one of my second favorite colors, and Billy had the best storyline because he was just a nerd that ended up learning to fight from my favorite female ranger, Trini, and then, like, became a badass for the crew. Because you love orange chicken and chopsticks. I don't like orange chicken, but I do love chopsticks. And... Word. <laughs> you like chopping sticks up, putting weed in it, rolling up the bloods, having a good night. That is true, too. Highlight, high flight. High flight. Yeah, speaking of flight, that nigga the Falcon, right? Yes. Sam Wilson from Marvel. Oh, what he do? The movies. Guess what's happening with Captain America and Winter Soldier? They're being delayed. Yep. <laughs> yes. It was supposed to come out in August, and Disney put out the press release talking about everything's coming, and that was noticeably the biggest thing not on the releases for next month when you hear this. So, Are they going to mention this during virtual Comic-Con in three, uh, on the 23rd? No, because Marvel said they ain't going. But yet they're supposed to be mentioning something about New Mutants. That's still false property. But anything from the MCU, they're like, no. Oh, hey. But then again, 
That can change. That can change. Because as of now, they said they're not coming at all, but then they put out the new Mutant release and shit. And said that they do an announcement on the 23rd exactly. on virtual. And a lot of people in the deep, um, Geekdom world has been speculating that might be the day they actually drop it somewhere on video on demand. And it might be a closer rumor for it to be on Disney Plus because rewatching the trailer, Comic-Con trailer this, earlier today, instead of having the rated R, it said PG-13. Bullshit. And, it's and, bad. I'm telling <laughs> it's you. It's a bad thing. I'm, but the thing is, as well as all the latest uh, X-Men movies from First Class to Apocalypse have just been put on... The Disney Plus app. And you can hear Wolverine say fuck and put up the middle finger blade as a fuck you, the Cyclops. Yep. You can do... I'd like to throw in real quick that it was originally rated R. It was. on paper. On paper. I mean, but yet this movie was supposed to come out four years ago. Exactly. It would have came out at the height of the Deadpool and the Logan era of rated R Fox movies. So we... And if it would have been released back then, it was a high chance that it would have been rated R as well. But I don't think it would be because Disney plays by a certain set of rules that aren't extreme. But there was an event that went on this weekend when extreme rules was all the talk. Ross, tell these people about it. It was a wrestling pay-per-view event this uh, last Sunday as well as Saturday Impact had their Slammiversary event. Wait, wait, wait. What, what brand was extreme rules through? WWE for those that should know because it's most common. But for those that don't be listening, WWE is wrestling the major US wrestling company. But um with both events happening over the weekend during Extreme Rules, uh few title changes. The New Day lost their belt, their tag team belts to Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh Bailey retained her belt with uh Against Nikki Cross. MVP declared himself U.S. champion because Apollo Crews didn't clear from his uh, medical test. But some fans theorized that he was one of those that was infected with uh, the COVID-19. Mm, he got the they think so because the major, no wrestlers is allowed to say if they got infected with it or, or nothing. But that's why. This man got him on the gag order? Yeah, like that. That's why Renee Young and them all could say it because they're not technically wrestlers. And also, they ended the the, the backstage show, right? Oh yeah, the, well, WWE backstage yeah. been ended, yeah. But um, back to the results. Uh, Sasha Banks, there you go. Technically won the title, but uh, right after the event, they said really Oscar is still champion. Sasha Banks is just self declaring herself champion because Whoa. Bailey Bailey counted the one, two, three. She wasn't the so, official referee. You're telling me. That they're not going to be two-belt champs. They're going to call themselves two-belt champs. Can you explain what that, that, that two-belt both, means? Both Bailey and Sasha are the tag team women's, the women's tag team champions, as well as holding both major brands' women's tag team championships. That's and, calling themselves two belts. For yes. storyline purpose, ba- uh, Sasha isn't champion, but she's going to pretend she is because she won the match and via her talks. friend. As well as the cinematic match, the swamp match between the Eater of Worlds, Bray Wyatt, versus the human monster train, Braun Strowman. Mm. I know I said that to title wrong, but it's... It is what it, it is. It is what it is. You know who we talking about if you know what we're talking about. Had a great story <laughs> plot. The ending results 
seem that Braun Strowman run, but the after credit scenes is Bray Wyatt sent him into the swamp with him. Bray tried to escape, but got pulled back in by something only for the fiend to uh, rise out the water. So we don't technically know who won. And most silly things that ever happened in WWE history, Rey Mysterio lost a eye pop out during his eye for eye match. So was it more Seth ridiculous Rollins. than when Mae Young gave birth to a whole hand? Oh. <laughs> I would kind of say yes in this current generation. Gotta love the Because attitude those era. that don't know about the attitude era don't know about that. But yes, they had pretend the prosthetic eye popped out of Rey Mysterio's eye and Seth Rollins had to throw up. So... Just seeing Seth Rollins throwing up, it just was hilarious to me because I didn't even notice the prosthetic eye. Yeah, so that was everything WWE-wise. And Impact had a few appearances of people that were fired from the show. The Good Brothers, Luke and Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, Eric Young, EC3, as well as Heath Slater. Word. Speaking of Impact, guess what had Impact on me? The fact that I've realized me and Tory Lanez are the same size ah, Negro. Ah. That nigga is 5'3", 120. Oh, no, sir. 5'2". You taller than him. Oh, shit. That's even without Tim's on. That would struck me out of surprise. Because he got him a whole... What's made to sound like? 5'10"? No. 5'11". Yeah, she's like 5'10", like 5'11". Yeah. And being a small, petite Negro like myself, this is one of the things that you can find being very intimidating. Is even having the gall to talk to a woman because we always have to look up to women morally and socially because black women they do things and then the fact that she could look down upon you and still raise you up as an individual has to be something special. I'm not gonna get into all the tick and the tack of the situation that went on between those two because those are allegations we have no facts come out. But I bring that up to talk about music. YWDCA7 is the latest podcast for July. And over the weekend, there were some albums that came out that I just listened to over the weekend. One was from the boy Kyle. I fucks with him. He has a track with Mr. Man, who did a track with him, if you're familiar with him, um, Bang. I just realized they haven't been on a song together for years, and they talk about that in the song. And that's the best song in the album, because I fuck with Kyle, because Kyle can rap rap. But he does a lot of lighthearted, more or less poppy type music but on that track he's going in ellie golden dropped a new um album which was cool as technically is a double album the first half is more slower than the second half is more of the traditional poppy edm that's where you get her songs with juice world and sway lee on that version the aces is like a pseudo indie pop uh female group that i just started fucking with uh one of their songs was on is already on this playlist and there's one on the last playlist joey badass dropped a Three dropped a three song EP that was cool, and also Sam Smith dropped the album that's not an album, it's just like dance remixes to like five <coughs> songs. I thought it was a whole project that I was trying to figure out why is this shit repeated. Then I was like, oh shit, during five fucking songs on it. So, if you want to check out any of these songs from these artists, the playlist is there. Also, Drake dropped two new singles over the weekend. Also, the Gorillas dropped a new. Music video as well as single featuring Schoolboy Q called Pac-Man This Morning. Yeah. Uh, so, technically, episode five of Sound Music, the new album is dropped as well as uh, Soundbite number eight, I want to say. 
Wolf, I want to say the full Sound Music album, Sound Machine album dropping in September or something more dropping in September. Word. Audrey, what music have you been listening to lately? It don't have to be anything new. Like, I kind of know how you like it dirty, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I've, I've been just tuning into a lot of live streams. Mm. Um, Any particular artists? Yeah, so... Well, there's one actually going on right now. Um, mm. It's by Manic Focus. It's on from Twitch. Um, it's every Monday. It's called Manic Mondays. It's pretty good. It's just another Manic Monday. Manic Monday. Which was written by Prince. Yes, I was about to bring that up again, which still blows my fucking mind. That's one of my favorite songs by the Go-Go's. Which is that? Manic, Manic Monday. Monday. Oh, it's yeah. just another manic Monday. I That's the one I was Sunday thinking about. Because it's my fun day. Yeah. yeah, I heard yeah. yeah. Also, I'm not going to get into the whole conspiracy about why Prince is no longer with us. But just like with Michael, they got a lot of publishing rights and they got to own a lot of music. Also, fun fact, when Michael Jackson purchased the Beatles catalog, he also, unbeknownst to himself, got Little Richard's catalog as well and gave back Little Richard. All his properties. So that's a very powerful move by the king and pop. The king of pop. Yo, I did pop, not know he R&B. got Little Richard's shit I didn't know shit that shit too. either until after and Little Richard passed. What? So he what? gave it back to him. Yo, that shit lit. Yo, yeah, like, the king of pop gave it back to, you could say, the godfather or uh, the foundation of, of rock, and roll, and, rock and roll, yeah. which is Little Richard. And that's going to wrap up Yo Was Poppin', and now we about to get into the meat of the podcast. And that's Yo We Kicking Out. And today we're going to be talking about the legend of Korra. If you have not heard our previous episode about Avatar The Last Airbender featuring Shelby, you should definitely check that one out. Because that is the predecessor to this series that we're about to dive into right now with the lovely Audrey. So, let's get to it. Legend of Korra. Audrey, just off the top, what did you enjoy most about the series? I enjoyed the fact that as opposed to, you know, like the last airbender, where it's kind of the same story the whole time where, you know, they still introduce new characters throughout it and, you know, they're battling new things. It's still kind of the same storyline or the Mm -hmm. same end goal. Whereas like, so with each season of Korra, there's like a new antagonist. Yes. And it's kind of very centrally based around political Exactly. Things, I guess. Like with Gundam Wing and shit, like, yo, like. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, I would say it's a lot faster paced in that mm-hmm. terms, where it's kind of like you, you have one section of the story, and then it ends, and you move on to a new section of the story. Um, And, yeah, I really enjoyed that part about it. Word. And that's one of the main differences between Last Airbender with Aang and Korra is the um, antagonist, as you say, the villain, because in with Aang and them, it was the Fire Lord. It was Zuku's dad. That's the bit that it took three seasons to get there. But every season with Korra, there's somebody knew that she had to um, fight and come back. Like I also um, describe it as um, Drake music. Like Avatar: The Last Airbender was happy Drake. Korra is like emo, emotional Drake. And like they both are Drake, and they both were good. But it depends what you feel like. Because the villains with Korra, she had to fight Amon, who was a bloodbender. Mm-hmm. Her Unalak, her uncle. Vatu, the little, the literal embodiment of dark spirit energy. Zahir, 
who learned how to airbend just by meditating. Like, yo, I ain't heard R. Kelly, but I believe I could fly, baby. Like, <laughs> he was out. He ended with my favorite villain for different reasons, Kavira, which was a cold shorty from the Earth um, Nation. But it was like me and Cor, uh, Kavira, I just have a theme about, like, with sassy baddies in TV. It all started when I fell in love with Shigo, but I'm going to leave it right there, though. But <laughs> she does have very Shigo vibes. Exactly. Like, it's like it the green, like the that's green why I with Buttercup. And the dark like, hair. Exactly. Like, mm. Oh, and I very identified with Buttercup growing up. Exactly. That's why he was a Yellow Ranger. See, it's that type of vibe. Yeah. Respect. Ross, what about you? Why did you like Cora? I'm gonna be honest, it kind of felt like, yeah, Aang was always destined, but yeah, he was afraid and then ran away from it. When they found Cora, she's just like, I got this. I'm cocky as hell. I'm going to do some things. And we get to find out, like, sometimes being cocky ain't the way to go. And she had to get into the zen, calm herself down, literally had to lose the ability to bend all her other three bendings just to get air bending. Mm. And the fact that not just only herself, all of the squad members in Team Avatar had probably way more better character development than the than Team Aang's avatar. See, that's why I would disagree, but we're not here to, to debate. debate. It, <laughs> it just, I, I know it might be, it's good to debate it, but I'm just, I don't know. It just felt like theirs was more, mo- theirs was more modernized, so it's more relatable. Exactly. Because with Aang and them, you know what? I'm not going to go into the du- direct comparison. Like, I'm going to say that to whenever we actually get the live action version so we can come back and do a whole Aang core type of situation. Because, you know, we can't be here all day, baby. We can. But let's talk about Team Avatar for Korra for a hot second. Uh, my favorite character from the whole series is the boy Bolan, whose older brother was Mako, who's a firebender. So they both come from two different bending tribes or nations depending on how you want to phrase it but Marco was very soccer like he was lovable he was the comic relief he was the soul of the squad he, he got the girls he had multiple relationships he was even dating one of Cora's cousins for a little bit voiced by Aubrey Plaza who like until to this day live action Daria whatever bring Daria back can't get original voice host bring Aubrey Plaza in for that role but anyway dated her was then like a little mover star because in this world, which I, which I do love about the whole franchise, they show the evolution of technology. So now they have radios and quote unquote movies they call movers. And then at the end of the day, he got with a airbender as well. And also the boy learned how to do lava bending. Like lava bending was introduced in core, another sub bending um, that was introduced in the series. Same way we had like the. Um, soul building or the chi bending with Korra that kind of um, came stemmed from Aang's ability to block Chakra at the end of Avatar. So that was cool. Did you have a favorite character in um, Teen Avatar from this series? In the inner core team, I guess my favorite would probably have been Bolin also. But in the in the whole spectrum of the show, I really liked Sue Bei Fong. Um, she was kind of more like the peaceful like easygoing like super I wouldn't want to say hippie but she's definitely she has this like crystal jewelry on her forehead and you know she's earth connected that makes sense too for her from being 
an earthbender, like she would connect to the crystal type energy. I didn't even think about that from that aspect. Yeah, she's like, I don't know. And then she, she's kind of had a rebellious past and, you know, like she and Lynn, her sister, were kind of, they butted heads with their lifestyles. And, you know, I, I feel like, I definitely relate to Sue more out of the two. Because Lynn is definitely my second favorite character in the entire series. Really? Oh, yeah. She's just a hard ass. I like him hard. <laughs> You're the worst. The worst. Last name Britta, but it really means what? <laughs> exactly. What? Ross, your favorite character. Uh, since you already said mine, I'm going to have to go Ooh, with my second Bolin? favorite. Yeah. See, Bolin, everybody, if you haven't watched the series, watch the series, then you know why you gotta love Bolin. Because Bolin is us in the same way and Cisco is us in the Flash show. Oh, no, I thought you were talking about Unleash the Dragon Cisco or Space he Obama. He said the Flash show too. No, after the face, he said Cisco first. When he said it first, I was like, oh, he, he better not be talking about Drew Hill. That's what I'm thinking about. I think I was thinking about Space Obama. But uh, I'm gonna have to go with Fasumi Sato. Sami Sato. Oh, the chick with no powers. The the non bender who was found out her daddy's a, the leader of the equalists and she's mm-hmm. had to be like, yo, F you, daddy. I ain't about this life. Benders and human and non benders should live in peace together. Exactly. I'm joining Team Avatar. Oh, guess what? I'm a date Marco. Oh, guess what? We ain't perfect forever. Oh, guess what? I'm liking Bolin, but he's like a little brother to me. Oh, guess what? I think I got feelings for Cora. Oh, guess what? Not gonna spoil the rest. I will later. The, <laughs> I will later at the end of this episode because definitely, if you listen to the other one, we already touched upon where I'm gonna get to that. <laughs> she was one of my favorite other characters that had a good character development. Then after that, will probably be Mako because he had to realize he was just a fuckboy playboy that he didn't know he was a fuckboy. Yo, that's interesting because Mako's character was, it was kind of blah, but he still played his role and it's like. He's just a bullshit version of Zuku. Exactly. I was literally about to say, he's like, if Zuku was a sandwich or better yet, a hamburger with cheese and bacon, Mako was just the burger. He didn't have any of the depth. He didn't have everything else, but it's still, you still got the point of his character. And that's one thing, if I could go back, I would, like, give him a little more dynamic to himself. Like, Mako, like, I like how cool he was once him and Korra, because he dated Korra first, then he got with Asami. No, he actually uh, he actually dated Asami first, then got with Korra, because that was one of, the, like, the dramas, like, oh, shit, Korra's kind of like a tough tomboy, but she fell in love with a man, but that man has a girl, but we're all on the same side. But then he got with her, and then that kind of made the um, relationship between Korra and Asami kind of weird. And Korra had to bring that up just for him to be like, yo, things happen. And then it comes to a point when Mako, you know, he already became like a police officer and like they reconnect. And it's a scene where they're all talking to each other. And it, and Bolan brings up the point like, oh, you dated her and her. And they're just like, uh, well, mm-mm. and they're like, we don't care. Like there's other things in this world that are more important them fucking Mako ass. The Jeffree Star approach? Yes. <laughs> Ew. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yo, like, so that's only one of the things, too, that so many characters in this show, so many great moments, and it's just piggybacks, or, not nah, I'm gonna say piggyback, I don't do that to court, it just continues on a legacy, just like Deep Space Nine continue on after Next Generation. 
Like, it's not the same, but it's not supposed to be the same. It's supposed to be its own entity, which also brings you into the series even more because they intertwine with the legacies. And as part of that intertwinement, you get the actual origin of the avatars. We actually find out who the first avatar was. And what do you think about that whole story, Audrey? Oh, I think it's so interesting. And, you know, the part where when you're going out on a hunting excursion or something for the village. No. (laughs) An excursion. (laughs) Um, The lion turtle gives you the bending abilities to survive out in the spirit wilds. And you have to bring it back. And, however, Juan, the first avatar, he left, or I guess he got banished. Mm-hmm. He did a lot to help bring balance and peace to the world. And that's what I like about um, his origin story, because I love world building. I love learning the origins to things. That's why Prometheus was a disappointment to me, because, like, oh, we get the origin of the alien species, but yet we don't. But... We do. So when they gave me the first avatar, I was like, oh, shit, this makes sense. And it connects back to when AIM got the ability to block out somebody's ability to bend. It makes sense when you get the lion turtles back with one and you see how powerful and majestic they truly are. And one also answered a question that you may not have wanted to know the answer to. But then there's the series bring up other questions as well just like the end of avatar gave us the question of yo where is zuku's mom and azula's mom as well like avatar the last airbender left on that cliffhanger core presented another question that the fandom has had because Toph, my favorite character overall doesn't matter what we're talking about lynn and sue Bayfong, she's Toph Bayfong. those are her daughters and it created the question, who's Toph's baby daddies? Like, I need a whole Mori episode when they send it on testing Sokka and whoever else was in on the block. Like, who, like, um, fucking Boomy? I'm like, I don't know what the fuck was going on back then. Like, who, did they resurrect Jet? Like, who? Boomy? Yeah, who was her baby daddy? Because she out there, she's doing shit. She was out there getting those boots rocked. Bad pun intended. So I'm looking forward to figuring out that type of information. Are there there any other questions in core that you want answered that you haven't found the solace in? I don't, I wouldn't say there's any questions that I have, but I think they tried to allude to that ending with her and Asami with them writing letters back and forth and how she's writing to Asami and she's supposed to be writing letters to everybody, but she she kind of tells Asami, no, don't don't tell anyone that I'm writing to you. She's like, it's easier to talk to you about this stuff. So, and then I think at the time you don't really know what they mean by that. And I think they try to use that and tie that into the ending, but at the same time, I don't really know what that's like. Word, because I'm gonna what bring the that, original intention was. I'm gonna know. bring that up after we wrap up this segment, and you'll check it out. Ross, are there any lingering plot threads that you wish were answered? Um, not really outside the fact of who Tom's baby daddies are. I mean, that's the only real big common one. Past the fact of 
are the core and Asami just stay in the spirit world or are they just traveling between both realms? Word. And this segment is about to come to an end, but before we do that, like, one thing I want to talk about real quick is the voice talent. Like, I already mentioned er- earlier that Aubrey Plaza was the voice of uh, the character Cora's um, um, cousin. And also then we have Tenzin on there that plays Aang's son, his youngest son, because he has two other children. And like we don't it's not enough time in the world to talk about all these characters. Cause I totally just realized we didn't even talk about that aspect of the show or how Katara taught Cora how to water bend, which basically is her teaching her husband to do that shit all over again because Avatars are reincarnations. But JK Simmons plays Tenzin. Aang's son, and you know him, like I just stated, Joe Jonas Jameson, he was in Whiplash, he was in um, Jennifer's Body, one of my favorite movies of all time. You know who he is. And um, Daniel, who else like, lent, lent their voices to this amazing TV series? So there's actually about three that I, I really want to hit on, and those are, one, Bruce Davison, who you guys would know as Senator Kelly from the first X-Men movie. Oh, shit! Played, uh, he voiced Lord Zuko. Oh, oh, Zuko! Mm-hmm. Oh, shit! Uh, the next one on the list would Word. be uh, Kuvira, who was voiced by Robin Williams' daughter, Zelda Williams. Oh, shit. Ooh, and then shit. The, the, the main character, Korra, was vo- voiced by Janet Varney. And if you don't know her, you need to know her. She was in Stand Against Evil, and she was in she is she was in uh, You're the Worst, which is an FX show that talks about bad people being in relationships. Was it uh, the um, skinny nigga? Yep, from the Seth Rogen movies. And it's so good. You guys need to watch. Your was course. she the main character? She is the main his ex girlfriend, who sister is best friends with uh, the main uh, one of the main protagonists. Were and there was another character on there too, right? Mm-hmm. Henry Rollins was in this show as well. And who did he voice? Zahir. Yo, Henry that, Rollins is amazing. He was also in one of my favorite movies as well, Feast. And Zahir is one of the <laughs> best villains in the whole series because this dude did what not only Airbenders, Master Airbenders couldn't do, and Aang couldn't do himself as the Avatar. This dude never had been got Airbending. Came out of prison and just start flying. And then the last one that I will mention is John Michael Higgins. And for you guys, you'd know him as Jeff's professor of the class, I want to say season one in community. Yes. Who was like, seize the day. You know, seize the day. Carpe baby. Or if you're a pitcher like me and Ross, you know him yeah. as the male announcer from the Pitch Perfect movies. That said all the inappropriate shit. And he did a voice of who? Varric. And it makes so much sense now. Like, that's... The power of good animation is a good TV series. It's like you hear these characters, you see who voiced them, and it brings in a whole nother layer to the series, which also gives way more rewatchable value. And with that being said, we're gonna wrap this up and we're gonna go to Yo Check It Out. So check this it, is Check It Out. Yep, Yo Check It Out. So this is the part of the show when we recommend certain things, whether it's a book, comic book, movie, TV series. For all those who already enjoy the wonderment of Legend of Korra or any other subjects that we talk about and yo geeking out. I'm going to start this off with our guest. So, Audrey, what would you recommend for all those who already experienced the wonderful TV series known as Legend of Korra? I mean, it's hard to definitely 
give suggestions because it's such a such a great series. So the the show that I would recommend is called Kakagurui. I think that's how it's pronounced anyway. It's on, on Netflix. It's on right? Netflix. Yeah. Right. Um, it's just based on you know a high school where you gamble Word. and for your social status. Um, Life is Russian roulette. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it was really a cool little anime. Uh, focuses around what a known top girl that's. Just trying to prove that she's one of the top gamblers at this. Yo, so, so she's a top girl that's tired of being a bottom bitch. Well, no, she's just always got <laughs> she always got stunning abilities, but like how it comes to set up is like some the new kid in school ends up losing in the bet and she basically wins his technically she wins him as a slave. Yeah, she wins. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna cut that off as slave. And that's what's up. I'm definitely it's already on my list, so now that you gave it a recommendation, I'm a just I'm definitely gonna check that shit out. Ross, what about you? What you um, recommend to the people? I might have to go with a saga of Tanya the Evil. It's really about, you know, somebody that defied God because God accidentally killed him. So God basically challenges this person like in his their next resurrection to that they'll pray for him and if not, like this, that, and the third. So this person's trying his best to prove God wrong. Been reincarnated as a little girl at the age of eight. That's the one. In this okay. mother Russia where there's magic. She's leading the army. And it's really a story about a female platoon unit following her and seeing her greatness and devotion. Word. It's like Brad Pitt in, in Glorious Bastards, but he was a little blonde chick. But Bro, like Sucker Punch. But I her little it. main goal is just to... Move up in the ranks and retire. So, because this is her, well, this is her last life, <laughs> and she really wants to live this great life. Because in the previous her previous life, she was just a dude that was a middleman working in Japan, like a rescue. Yo, that's what's up because it deals with reincarnation, just like with Cora. Baller. Yep. So, what I'm gonna recommend that would also answer both yours, Audrey. And your Ross question about Asami and Korra is the Korra graphic novel produced by Dark Horse. And literally, the first volume of it, they go right into it. If you want me to know, I can say it right now. But you can just read it yourself. Also, like I told y'all, I can definitely let you borrow that shit. And they explain all the Asami Korra shit. They'll let you know what they were doing in the spirit realm. And, yeah, that's all I got to do. That's all I got to say. So I hope y'all have another great weekend during this time of uh, difficulties. Keep on your mask, y'all. Be safe around people and yourself. Try to social distance as much as you can, if that's even possible. Remember, we're all in this together. Yep. 20 seconds, wash your hands. Yes, yes, yes. And thank you again, Audrey. For being on the podcast, like you said, you was being you was you was a little timid. You didn't know if you want to do it back in the day, but guess what? You here now. Time has elapsed. Now you are here. It's easy to say back then, but now we're in the future, and the future is the present. And guess what? Look, here we are. It's not like pulling teeth. It's like fine. Yes, we're right here, and we did it. So that's gonna bring us to the closing of episode eighteen of Yo, Yo where the captions at? at the most ridiculously random pop culture podcast in the seven one nine baby. As always, I'm yours truly, Kels for show, and I'm yours truly, Roscoe. Love, peace, everybody. Exactly. And tonight's episode, we're gonna end you with 
a song called Black Hole, Lullaby by Prefab Soul. If you've been listening to the last couple of episodes, we've ended these on one of his songs. And yeah, well, that's that, guys. And as always, be one or be nothing. Be kind, y'all. Late.